All right, so this is episode two this week. We just finished up recapping the Ravens game against the Chiefs, and now we're going to look ahead into a very important matchup for the quarter-season division lead against the Cleveland Browns this Sunday. First divisional game, baby. Back to back to back. And unlike in years past, this one is the one that we're most excited for. (laughs) The one against Cleveland over Cincy or Pittsburgh. Right. I mean, I think at the beginning of the season, everybody expected, you know, Cincinnati not to be too good. I mean, rosters had a lot of turnover. And with a new head coach, you know, it didn't really look like that good of a team. You know, I I guess I was out when... um, when we heard about the Roethlisberger news about him injuring his elbow and being put on IR. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, now the Browns, you know, they don't look as good as they were possibly hyped up to be. <laughs> even though uh, even though we didn't have a great week in terms of losing to the Chiefs, we're still on top. So, you know, that's at least a, that's a good thing if you're looking at it that way. But on the flip side, you don't want to look, overlook these games either. Yeah, no. I Can't have a trap game. Absolutely. And this game is, uh, this game's interesting. And I know when we did our, our schedule uh, release show at the beginning of the year, I chalked this game up as to like an absolute no-brainer win for the Ravens. But now that we're actually here, you know, we'll, we'll get to our predictions later, but this game does have me a little more nervous than it did going into the season. You know, the Ravens, I tr- I really, you know, I really, Harbaugh is really good coming home after a, a tough loss and getting the team focused and back on track. So, I mean, the Ravens are going to put up a good fight on Sunday. What does worry me about the Browns, though, is that this is a team that came in with huge expectations to start the year. I think it's pretty obvious they got a little full of themselves, a little hyped up on those expectations, maybe feeling like they had arrived before they actually had done anything. But this is also a team that if they lose on Sunday, they're one and three. And their season is already on the brink after, you know, this this huge hype hype parade they had in the off season. So I think they're gonna play like a desperate team. And that's going to make things interesting and a little harder, I think, than we initially anticipated for Sunday's game. So that's interesting that you say that. You know, I had these two games chalked up as a split. And now I'm starting to feel a little bit more confident. (laughs) Just because I think the Ravens are playing better than maybe expected. And the Browns are playing worse than expected. (laughs) So that's interesting that we have these differing opinions on that. Right. I mean, I guess you kind of got to look at some of the matchups too, just to see where exactly, you know, the the strengths are. I mean, on paper, there's definitely some things, if you're a Ravens fan, you look at and you're like, I'm I'm a little bit worried. You know, I know that Browns haven't been able to execute in the first couple games, but if they get things figured out, it could definitely still be a problem for us. Yeah, and we got some interesting matchups coming into this game. I think for my for me, I think part of what's going to win the game either way for either side is the marquee matchup of this game, which is Odell Beckham versus Marlon Humphrey. Odell is obviously one of the most talented young receivers in this league. He's actually had a, a very good start to the season in spite of the Browns' struggles and Marlon Humphrey, in spite of the Ravens' struggles against the pass, 
has had a very strong start to the year. And I think that's going to be the most fun portion of this game to watch is to see these two young superstars duel it out throughout the game. I don't know if the Ravens are going to try and shadow Odell with Marlon. I don't know if that's ultimately the best strategy or not. I mean, I could see positives or minuses to either approach. I'm curious what they are because I'm, I was about to say, I'm afraid they're not going to do it. And I'm going to be wondering why. <laughs> I feel like you got to shadow a guy like that. I, yeah, you think th- you'd think so. But then at the same time, you got to wonder, you know, what does that do with the scheme? Are you facing too much emphasis on this one guy? Is a, a Jarvis Landry or one of their other guys going to sneak up and you're going to have give up a big play to a, to a, th- a third string guy like, you know, you had with the, the end of the, of the first half last week against Kansas City? Obviously, completely different offense, a completely different situation, but... I think, you know, if you focus too much on one player, you you do run the risk of of them beating you in a way you don't expect. But I do agree with you. I think that the way to go is to shadow Odell with Marlin. I'm just saying I could see a situation where that could that could go too far. I think shadowing is one thing. It's like when you double and triple and scheme everything around him. That's the difference, right? That we don't want to do because even though Landry's been very cold this year, and honestly, their offense in general just has been cold this year. We know what they can do. I mean, they were better last year than they were this year, and they didn't have a Beckham, right? So I think that's the that's the concern. I don't want to get too confident from those first three games and think, oh, they're they're just garbage. Like they're definitely not garbage. It's just that I th- I think the I think the Ravens honestly have impressed me more than I even anticipated going into the season. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it, it's it, it really comes down to whether we see more life from our pass rush. I mean, if we can get Mayfield rattled in the pocket, I mean, that kind of plays right into our hands. I mean, he hasn't really looked that great under pressure this year. <laughs> he said, Oof. "Oh, I disagree." Well, go on. Actually, I, I was just going to say. I mean, I you know, he's got some pretty horrid stats so far of the first three games. So, I mean, we put more pressure on him. I mean, I think he's just going to basically crumble into what we've seen the, the, the last couple games. So, you know, if he has more of a clean pocket, you know, if he's feeling confident in a divisional game like this, you know, that might leave us vulnerable. So, but what were you, what were you going to say? So it turns out that he's the second best in the league at avoiding the pass rush. But, you know, his number one, our boy, Lamar. <laughs> yeah, I, I did see a stat when looking at back on the game against the Rams that Baker actually, when he's getting the ball out of his hands quicker, that's when he's excelling this year. When he's struggling is is apparently the Browns are scheming up a lot of plays that are taking a while to develop and he's having to hold the ball. And that's where Baker's getting into trouble. So yeah, actually, he's having more success when he does is pressured to get the ball out quicker at the huh. moment than when he has a clean pocket. Very counterintuitive. I definitely want to see a bit of a bounce back game from the Ravens passing attack. Like we were discussing last episode, we definitely struggled to get the passing game knocking on all cylinders. I mean, we still had 260 some yards in the, in the air, but it didn't look as effective. Only 50% of the passes were completed, which was a very big far cry from the previous two games. Right. I mean, for this one, I mean, it- 
I think it really comes down to what Peter said in the in the week two episode, and I I, I mentioned it last episode that I agreed one hundred percent with him, and and that really comes down to can we have weapons outside of Hollywood and Mark Andrews to emerge for Lamar? It was really obvious those first two weeks that those guys were the focal point of the offense, and against the Chiefs, Andrews was banged up a little bit, and uh, Hollywood never really got going, and I think you could see that the offense kind of was stale out of the gate. Um, so we need some other guys to step up, whether it's Hurst, whether it's Sneed, whether it's some other, you know, some other guy. Um, we we need someone else in that passing attack to emerge for Lamar. Yeah, and you're facing this week, you know, the Browns' offense has been a disappointment to start the year, but their defense has actually been in the top half of the of the of the standings. Pass defense, they're ranked 10th in the league. Rush defense, they're not that much further down, and 14th, as I'm looking at ESPN's stats. And, you know, Kansas City, they were closer to the bottom of the league in pass defense than they were to the top. And they were giving the Ravens plenty of fits. So obviously this game will be at home as opposed to the road. But now you actually have a tougher defensive matchup than you did last week. One of those big things to watch will be one of our unsung heroes from last week, Ronnie Stanley versus Miles Garrett, their number one draft pick, elusive defensive end. Yeah, and he's had a strong start to the year. I think I saw he's got six sacks to start the year. Now, I think three of them came against Tennessee and then two more against the Jets. So he didn't do as well when he played a a better offensive team in the Rams, but uh, still got a sack there. So he's off to a very strong start. So this uh, offensive line that's already struggled a bit against some lesser defenses is going to have their hands full with their hardest challenge of the season. Now, luckily we do have Lamar back there and he can evade that and he can run away from th- those guys. But everyone, he had some, if he gets some time back there, he's going to have a lot easier time to pick apart the, the pass defense, obviously to get the pass offense back on track. Yeah. We haven't had too many plays that didn't result in a run uh, after Lamar gets too much out of the pocket, you know, maybe one or two evades, but once he starts running, he kind of usually stays that way unless he does a little pitch out, which I do love seeing, by the way. I think it was really high alert plays, but yeah, I think we want to keep him obviously in that pocket, let him step around a little bit and deliver a pass down the field. So on that note, what's our, what are, what should we want to do first? The score predictions or the, the bold, bold, do bold predictions first. All right. Well, a recap of last week's bold predictions. No one hit, so. <laughs> well, I hit. I just, mine was so surprised the way we hit it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I said plus or minus two, but yeah, I thought it would be a lot more. Yeah, so last week I said that I thought the Ravens could get at least five sacks on Mahomes. I was incorrect about that. We got one and not too many QB hits, but I'm also going to go with the defense again this week. This may be a bit too bold, but I think that the pass defense, I think they want to have a strong showing against a division rival. You know, Earl Thomas was saying coming into this week that the Ravens are tired of hearing, they were tired in the offseason of hearing the hype about the Browns. So they've had this game circled on the calendar for a bit. I say that they hold hold Odell Beckham to under 50 yards receiving. Okay. All right. That's going to be a tough one. It will be. What do you think, Chris? It's not called bold predictions for nothing. <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, I didn't have one last week because I wasn't here, but two weeks ago I had Mark Ingram score three touchdowns. Unfortunately, 
if some of you are listening, that was for the bold prediction for the Arizona game, not the Chiefs game. So technically, mm. I didn't get that. Although part of me says that still kind of counts. You never reset the variable, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, but in any case, I got to give a bold prediction for the Browns game. So I think this will definitely be a bounce back game for Lamar. He didn't play great at, in the Chiefs game, although you know he had some decent stats. The I think the big one that stood out was the completion percentage. But I think he's going to have a bounce back game. I would say at least 350 all-purpose yards, so between passing and rushing. I'm not going to presume one or the other, but I think if he can hit 350 all-purpose, I think that's going to be a good game for him. I like it. Am I allowed to do a bold prediction about something Cleveland will do? Ooh, yes. Is that in that valid set of things? Sure. Here's my bold prediction. Unless it's beating the Ravens. Don't do that. Nah. I mean, I- nah. <laughs> well, you missed it, Chris. I, I said last week I might never pick the Ravens to lose. I just might pick them not to win by much. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I heard that. I heard that. I, I listened, to the, I listened yeah. to the episode. Come on. I was I was the only one bold <laughs> enough to pick against the Ravens, and unfortunately I was right. I know. Yeah, I know. You guys, uh, yeah, you're making fun of yeah. Peter for that. I respect that. Peter's a pragmatist, same as me. I respect Peter, too. I, I really do. I respect both of you guys. Great guys. Yeah. All right, guys. Here, here's my wrinkle. OBJ passes for a touchdown. Oh. <laughs> I right. think they break out that trick play against us because they're desperate, and it works out for them. Oh, man. What did they score the touchdown on? I thought when you said you were going to predict something for the Browns, you were going to be like, Baker Mayfield throws five picks. and. <laughs> That would be an Alec thing to do, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh man. Do you do you have shares of OBJ in, in a fantasy league? Is that the impetus for this? I do, but that's not right. that's not why. I veto your bold prediction and you must uh make a new one. <laughs> <laughs> I uh <laughs> What if I make another one that's based in my uh my shares? No. And that uh, <laughs> well, it's funny. I was, I was going to say, I, I'm cutting Justice Hill in a few of my leagues because he's very clearly a number three ancillary me- weapon. All right. Well, if, if it's if it's about the Ravens, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, man, he's going to light it up after I take him out, like return a kickoff or something for a touchdown. But we can, we can put that as a side, a side one, that Justice Hill gets his first kickoff return for a touchdown. All right. All right. Yeah, I like that one. So wait, does that count, does that count as two bowl predictions or... No, nah, that's just a bonus pick. It's not going to count. I mean, do these count for anything yet? <laughs> I don't know. We have, we got to have some award at the end of the year and <laughs> some trophy to pass along. <laughs> I don't know. We haven't we haven't really decided on if there's like an award for for who gets the most or if there's a punishment for for the, the least. <laughs> I don't know. We we got to oh, set man. the we might have to think about this. <laughs> Whoever gets the least gets kicked off the show for Kfish. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. That's not good. Uh, nah, oh, I would man. never want to do that. That sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> It'd probably be me. <laughs> yeah, you with your your bold predictions for the opposition. <laughs> no, I think I think we should do we should do something though. We'll we'll have to yeah. we'll have to tally them up after this episode and uh, get a get a tally going. That way, every time we do that, we can give the current rankings. We should, yeah. We'll think of something. And if any of you listeners have any ideas for awards or punishments, you feel free to uh, to email us. Feedback at ravensrecap.com. There you go. All right, so let's go in reverse order for our score predictions. Alec, you're up first then. 
I'll do 27 to 13. Ravens. All right, Peter, what about you? I so I'm I'm being honest here. Alec had written down the exact same score that I did. I had down 27 13 <laughs> Ravens. In spite of the fact that I I am a little nervous that the Browns are going to play desperate here. I just don't think they're that good. I said that coming into the year and I still believe that and I trust John Harbaugh at home after a tough emotional loss to to ignite the team to have a strong showing. So I'm going to change my prediction to 27 to 16 just so we can have a tiebreaker here. <laughs> Still <laughs> okay. Ravens. Okay, okay. Uh, I don't think you have to do that because I messed it up. That doesn't seem fair. But nah, nah, I'll, I'll put it down. That's fine. That's fine. All right, Chris, what do you think? Man, honestly, that prediction sounds so good. <laughs> but I can't do that. No. 27 to 10. <laughs> Ravens. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I think, uh, man... What's it? What was what was our lowest scoring game this season? That was the uh, that was the Arizona game, right? Yeah, they scored twenty four. Twenty four points. Twenty four points. I mean, this is a division game. It's the first of three. I'll say. I mean, out of the three division games we've got coming up, I feel like this is probably going to be the most difficult. I'll I'll go a little bit lower on this one. You know, we still got some kinks to work out, and uh, I think the Browns are going to be a little bit of a tougher test. So I'll I'll go a little bit closer in the score. I do think the Ravens are going to pull away, though. I think it's no secret as far as the, some of the issues that the Browns are seeing, and the Ravens just are looking like a better team at the moment. So I would say something more like 24-21 Ravens. Ah, so a little bit more heartburn for that one. I, that's what it was last year, man, at home. Took that fourth sure down was. interception by our, our boy C.J. Mosley to seal that game away, so... He's not here this year. He can't save us. He can't even save the Jets right now. He's on. He's still injured, I think. That's right. Nothing can save the Jets. <laughs> Jets are a little bit of a tailspin at the moment. Tom Brady couldn't save the Jets if for whatever reason he popped up in the, on their bench. That's <laughs> <laughs> ah, all right, guys. Sam's going to come back from his mono and light the world on fire with his new weapon, Le'Veon Bell. It's all going to work out. Our listeners do not care about your fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> I did just recently get a Sam Darnold share. Uh, anyway, I like you have a share in like every player. You play so many fantasy leagues. Come on, <laughs> I don't. I don't have any of Dalvin Cook, who was my number one flag player going into the year. <laughs> it's so annoying. <laughs> I got Dalvin Cook in all my leagues. Oh, all right, nice. Alec has a share in every player except for Dalvin Cook. <laughs> I, I wish that was true, but and Eli Manning. I mean, because nobody has shares in him. <laughs> I actually had him briefly. Oh my god, <laughs> Alec, come on! I don't have him anymore. Well, that's cause, that's because he's in his uh, his super flex leagues. Yeah, I, I was I was dying at quarterback. I got Joe the statue Flacco, who's disappointed me greatly. I thought he would have a resurgence, and now he looks worse than ever. <laughs> man, yeah, we didn't we didn't talk about our thoughts of around the NFL, but man, that that was. I feel sad for Joe. I mean, I don't know if the problem's him, if his body's finally given up on him, or if just the situation in Denver is just that bad. But when we were watching that game down in Fells, that game was on side by side with the with the Ravens game, and Broncos and Joe did not look good against a Packers defense that has actually played very well to start the year. But still, it's Joe. I mean, every game I've I've watched actually a good amount of Joe this season, and. Yeah, it's it's Joe. I mean, the running game is going pretty well, and if he gets the ball in the air, the receivers are playing well. It's just he gets frazzled back there, makes silly mistakes, and 
I think the big thing is, I was telling somebody else about this, I feel like Joe was at his best when he was just dropping back and slinging the ball around. You know, he seemed more decisive. I feel like now he's just so indecisive. Yeah, I agree with that. Part of that might also be, though, like I said, maybe his his back's been injured so much he can't he can't sling it around as deep for as as long as he used to. Another thing interesting in the league is that Daniel Jones has first start went off to a great start and actually ran almost as fast as Lamar Jackson. Lamar's still the fastest quarterback, but it turns out that Daniel Jones is a no slouch. I didn't know that about him. I really didn't. Yeah, I mean, I was really surprised when you shared that with me because, I mean, I'll admit I've, I've seen zero game film on the guy. I heard he did well in preseason that he had good game on Sunday. I haven't seen the highlights yet, but if you look at his body type, I mean, the guy, he he looks scarily like Eli Manning 2.0. Like, there's, <laughs> there, I saw some photos of him and I had to do a double take because I thought it was Eli. I seriously did. But apparently he's he's fast. If very unexpectedly, but yeah, what what was the exact number that you that you had in that link comparing Daniel Jones and Lamar? He recorded two of the fastest speeds for a quarterback this season with nineteen point five one miles per hour and nineteen point four seven miles per hour. Lamar Action Jackson is number one with nineteen point seven eight miles per hour, and Kyler Murray, who looks a lot slower on film, but I guess he gets up there eventually. 19.72. So, very interesting. I guess Lamar is just, his 0-60 to 60 is unheard of, but maybe doesn't have as much top-end top, top end speed. Yeah, that's very surprising. I think another thing that's, that's surprising that'll be interesting how that plays out towards the end of the year. I know we were talking, if you guys can remember, all the way back to the first episode, we were looking at the schedule. We were looking at where the Ravens have three games in 18 days or something like that with the Bills, Jets, and 49ers in some order. And I we were looking at that. And we were trying to think, you know, are the Ra- can the Ravens go 3-0 and in that span with, you know, these three teams that we're not expecting to be good? Now it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season pans out because, I mean, the Jets, the Jets are awful, but the 49ers and Bills have gotten off to hotter starts than we're expected. And that's looking like, you know, if things stay the way they are, that stretch of the season could be could be uh, more difficult than first anticipated. These next-gen stats are just fascinating, by the way. Evan Ingram hit 20.8 miles per hour on his touchdown run this weekend, and the highest ever was Vernon Davis on Week 12 last season, hit 21.44 miles per hour. It's wild. Fast players. The fastest play, actually, of the season got recorded against us. That was Hardman on that 83-yard run. Oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> insult to injury yeah I, I am surprised wow uh, i know i mean i knew vernon davis was was very fast when he was drafted uh out of maryland but uh, if he uh if he set the record for the fastest last year man he's he's still got a top end speed i guess i, I haven't actually watched a, a, a bunch of tape in him now that he's been in washington but uh man didn't know he still had that speed it's a good fantasy ad if you uh can get him in your league I need running backs, man. I don't. I don't need tight ends. I. I all my running backs <laughs> are hurt. <laughs> Speaking of that, uh, the big names: <laughs> Saquon Barkley, actually, high ankle sprain. It looks like he's gonna be out for a couple weeks. That's my uh, RB one. Oof. Yeah, that was a that's a big hit. But who knows, man? I mean, Daniel Jones. He looks so good in his debut. You know, it might be okay for the couple games. We'll see. 
Yeah, if they start running the Ravens offense, have him run around, Gallman back there. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out. Yeah. I will say uh we didn't cover this in the in the Chiefs recap, but this is probably some of the biggest news. What about uh Jalen Ramsey? You guys think is is this all smoke and mirrors? You think we we still have a shot at him? Like what's the deal? So I don't know if you guys saw, but the Jaguars media is floating around I, I forget someone originated on Twitter that he heard that from some Ravens reporter that some Ravens reporter heard that the Ravens offered a first round pick, a second round pick, and Hayden Hurst to the Jags for Ramsey, and that was turned down. Now, I don't know about the validity of this or what what years those picks were, but if that's true and that offer was turned down, then I think that Ramsey's staying put in Jacksonville because I don't know what better offer the Ravens could could give than that. And even that, I'm not even sure if I'm 100% comfortable with the Ravens I, I giving that it. up. Yeah, I, I think it's... I don't buy it. I think that's fake news to inflate his price. Yeah, yeah. so so it's, it's one of two things. Either the Ravens gave that and... If they if they did give that and they're not going to take that, then no way that they're going to give anything better. Or, like you said, they're throwing that out there to inflate the price, which means the Jags wouldn't take that offer anyway, and the Ravens aren't going to give a better offer. So I think the door is closed on that. <laughs> well, do you think the door is closed on that offer? The door is closed like he's not getting moved this season. I just don't... I, I don't know if, if any team's really going to give up two first-round picks, which seems to be what the Jags want for him. I certainly don't want the Ravens giving up two first-round picks for him. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, I. It's actually really interesting. I mean, I'm sure we could spend a couple more minutes on this, but there's been a lot of talk about about whether we should do that. I mean, the definite pros, right? I mean, we've got Lamar on a rookie contract. This is the ideal time to be adding players around him, especially one of an All-Pro caliber like Ramsey. So, it is a lot of draft capital, but. We've got a pretty good roster so far, and if we think that adding Ramsey will shore up some of our secondary woes, a one- or two-year rental might not be a bad idea. We suppose. Cons? I mean, when I was thinking about it, man, if we had to re-sign those guys, like Marlon and Ramsey, <laughs> I don't know how much money we would have left in the cap if we signed both those guys. Yeah. So... Ravens film study was talking about some like interesting analytics behind the signing of him, like how many games we'd have him under contract and like the cost of each player of the picks that we would give up and, and this, that, and the other. And I thought it was really interesting. They're like, I don't think Jalen Ramsey improves your win percentage by like much more of winning the Super Bowl, probably like from 4%. It's currently 4% to like maybe six and a half. Like it's like not worth it. Chances are still like roughly the same. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think you just, you, hit the final point that we need to talk about this is is just it's whatever they want is going to be too much for the little bit of of advantage he gives you right well i guess we'll see i feel like the only news we're hearing now which is actually surprising first uh <laughs> we're seeing a lot of ramsey news uh in, in instead of uh of our boy antonio brown uh, at least for the last couple days um, it sounds like first he was he was sick, and then he had some sort of thing going on, and now he has his his wife is giving birth to a second child. There's a lot of stuff. It's like this is 
I mean, obviously, I, I don't think I don't think a second child is fabricated. I think that's legit. <laughs> but as far as <laughs> as far as the as far as the sickness is like, well, is that you know, is, is he actually sick? Is this all actually happening, or is it just you know more trade smokescreen? Like, who the heck knows? I don't know. Yeah, we'll probably find out soon if he's going to get the trade or not. The other interesting news is about Melvin Gordon, rumored to be coming back soon. I sure hope so. I just, I hate to see guys like that not playing. It's a lot of fun to watch these those kind of guys play. Yeah, no, agreed. It'll be interesting to see how game-ready Gordon is coming back. Because I think we, we uh, especially if looking from a Ravens perspective, I mean, the Chargers are, are one of those teams that look like they're a lock for the playoffs if things if they play up to their full potential. So we'll see what happens. We'll see how prepared Gordon is for getting back in game shape. And with that, wrap up another episode of Ravens Recap. We're hoping for a big win this upcoming Sunday. We'll be back next week with a recap show. But with that, we thank you again for listening. As a reminder, you can email us at feedback at ravensrecap.com if you'd like to get in touch with us or support us at patreon.com slash Ravens recap where the cards have been just so delightful. I mean, I'm not telling you're going to win 500 bucks, but I'll tell you when your money back and maybe two or three bucks more. I mean, that's, that's really all we can ask for, right? Yes, that is. I hate running <laughs> on if I have to, you know, but my job is to get the ball to the receivers, the tight ends, running backs. If I have to run, I'll do it, but I'd rather just sit back and pass it. I like throwing touchdowns instead of running them.